Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection, with free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling this month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me now, very special Above180.com podcast, on-site, on-location here, Bowling Dynamics Pro Shop, talking to Dave Srigliano. Dave, Tim Berg, here, we got to meet finally. Thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, Dave. Well, I, the way this whole interview came about is I got a, an email from Rusty at, your, at one of your shops, and he said, hey, you know who you should talk to? You do all these shows on the USBC Open. You need to talk to Dave. Yeah, and I said, Dave, I, I think I may have heard that name when I was watching the podcast on Friday night or the video cast that Jeff Riggles was doing, rather, and you could see as the night went on, you guys are like, oh, those guys are getting close. Those guys are starting to do well. So um, let's go back to that. And before the tournament, let's talk about your preparation and your team's preparation heading into the Open Championships. Well, um, you know, we practiced as a team and practiced on the pattern and, you know, tried to develop a method or a plan on how we were going to attack the lane condition and, and break it down and, and open it up. And on your practice session, a lot of times people say, yeah, it's not really that close, but it gives me an idea. Is that? Would you agree with that, or how, how did it play down for you guys? Yeah, you know, we, we did the practice here at home. It wasn't at the stadium, you know, so the topography of the lane is going to be different. It's a, a different lane surface altogether, but the shape of the pattern, you know, fortunately the, the center that we bowl at and practiced at, they have a flex machine, so they were able to put the pattern out pretty accurately. So even though the you know the reaction wasn't exactly the same, it was pretty close. Yeah, that's one thing you hear a lot of people go out and practice on the pattern, and you don't you want you want to go in with an idea, but you don't want to be stuck in your idea. So how were you guys able and and uh, to not to go in with an idea, but then not be like you know what this is where we're going to do? You had to obviously have a big open mind on things. Absolutely, you know, and that's the the benefit of having the older players on the team is there's a lot of experience there so you know they don't get shaken too easily and are willing to keep an open mind and adapt and adjust 
and uh, it just worked out really well that day. Well, yeah, so let's talk about that, your team and the dynamic, because that's one thing uh, you see from a lot of teams is they're, they're constantly flip-flopping teams and moving teams around and bringing in new bowlers and maybe keep two or three guys the same. Talk about how your team came about and how long you guys have been bowling together. Well, the, the nucleus of our team, you know, was myself and Warren Eels and Kelly Urea. We've been bowling together for, gosh, at least 15 years. And, um, you know, we've had, like, the other two guys kind of swapping in and out because of injuries and availability with work and that kind of thing. So uh, we got Steve Roberts and, you know, Robert Lewis. And my whole thing was to build this team where the players can all play the same part of the lane. And, you know, you don't have one guy with an extremely high rev rate that has to play further left on the lane from the get-go. And, you know, we maybe sacrifice a little bit in power. However, these guys are very accurate when they roll the ball. And, you know, that, that was the premium day. So when, I guess, a tip you'd have for teams, people maybe looking to start with a team would be, you would probably say and subscribe to the theory you should build a team based on how, kind of how everyone plays a lane similar, or, or do you want varying styles? Well, I think it depends on the pattern, uh, you know, that uh, with the patterns they're putting out currently at USBC Open Championship, it sure seems like straighter is greater right now. Um, you know, when we bowled this team event, we never really got to open up the lane a lot and create, you know, launch angle. Um, we never got any deeper than 15 at the Arrows, so we played pretty straight the whole evening. You know, as it, as it got into the last game, you know, we kind of opened up the, our angles just a little bit. But it was never where you could miss right, like by three or four boards and get it back. Let's talk about what you were throwing, and then um, kind of what you brought with you and how your arsenal was. Your arsenal was laid out. Well, um, you know, I'm, I was using a Hypercell skid by Rotogrip. Um, you know, it was uh, basically a, a, an aggressive drilling. Um, did not have a balance hole in it. You know. Probably, I would say, the layout would be probably 60 by 5 by 45. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of surface on it. And um, I tried using symmetrical cores, and they just skid too far, at least early on. There's, uh, there's actually quite a bit of volume in the front part of the lane even though it's, it's pretty flat down the lane. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, that asymmetrical core helped me get it into a, an earlier roll, and, and it actually smoothed out the back end. And that's uh, one of the things that usually you sometimes will hear on these tougher patterns that you want to stay away from the asymmetric because of the, they're either they're only good for a very small portion of competition or they read too early and you don't have that. But it sounds like for you guys and for your particular rev rate of your guys, that that's what you guys wanted, that early roll, and you just didn't really... And then, then was it just basically parallel moves, like you said, not deep moves, but parallel moves with your feet and, and target? Yeah, it was kind of like, you know... We had put surface on these bowling balls, thought it was just going to be our burn ball during practice. And, you know, we kind of got out there and 
you know, this doesn't look half bad. We might stick with it even past practice. And that's kind of what happened. And it just, it allowed us to stay in uh, the, the same part of the lane for quite a while. And, you know, we did migrate in a little bit, but we never really had to go into bowling balls that were, you know, skid flip. We could stay with stuff that was rolly and, and smooth. And let's talk about your companion team, because we know that at these tournaments that that plays a part as far as uh, how the lanes break down and how it helps set things up for the for the transition and for that third game, which is ultimately you hear the you know the strategy seems to be you want to shoot around a thousand, thousand fifty-ish your first couple games, so that by the third game you can go go a little bit bigger and shoot something. Um, so how was your your companion team, and were they was it all ten guys playing pretty straight, or how did that work for you guys? Well, you know, uh, on the companion team, two of the bowlers are left-handed, so that didn't really come into play for us. But the other three guys, you know, they were on board with us, and they they worked with us, and, you know, we all kind of talked about it before we bowled, and we had a plan. We had a a mission, and and, uh, everybody kind of stuck to it. And, you know, one or two of the, the guys on the other team, they're... A game is to, to move a little more left, but fortunately when they did that, they didn't do it with surface. They stayed with something that was a little bit shinier, so they didn't, they didn't tear up the lane condition in the middle. All right, Dave, I want to take a quick moment here to remind folks, check out bowlingthismonth.com. Uh, lots of great stuff there. They got great articles by Joe Selwinski. There's a great uh, PBA roundtable now, PWBA. The ladies are doing there. So I want to remind folks to check out uh, bowlingthismonth.com. Uh, ball reviews, uh, lots of great new equipment out there. If you're heading out to Reno, you're getting your summer leagues going, check out bowlingthismonth.com. Um, so, Dave, as we continue with you a little bit, let's talk about your coaching. I know we were just talking briefly before the interview. You're a silver certified U.S. SBC coach, you want to become a gold certified coach. So talk about that and talk about some of the coaching you do here in the uh, Phoenix area. Well, uh, actually, the, the coaching here locally, I've been really busy the last six months. It's really, for some reason, noticeably you know, uh, increased in uh, the amount of lessons I'm giving and um, enjoying it very much. And, um, you know, I think that I'm just going to keep keep working at this and and the more lessons I give and more people that I can help in the long run I mean it's just gonna just help me achieve that gold level and um, I'm just gonna keep working at it but it's it's going very well Um, fortunately the center that I that I uh, have my pro shop in there they're work with me for giving lessons during the day and uh, it's not a problem so yeah it's it's going very well yeah, so talk about that when you're given a lesson and let's, you know, even break it down from a bowler who's maybe, say, that 160 and lower versus the 160 to 180. You know, how do you, how are you able to help, in the, you know, how are you able to help simplify it enough for that, that guy who's trying to get to that next level? But if you overwhelm his brain, you can see it's going to just go on overload. So how are you able to break it down and, and help them to, you know, to improve their game as well? Okay. Yeah. Um you know, I, I believe that there are certain fundamentals that need to be in place in order to get to the foul line the same way twice. So, you know, we start with the basics and we start with fundamentals and, and get them to the line and stay in balance. You know, it's not doing you any good when you've got arms and legs going everywhere. You don't have control over where the ball's going. So that's the first thing is, is work on the foundation, uh, you know, and then 
just keep building onto that with arm swing and eventually hand position and those kinds of things. But I use video when I do my lessons. Uh, I use Huddle Technique, it's an app, and um, it gives me the ability to, and I use an iPad Pro, which is a very large iPad, and it's easy for them to see. I show them during the lessons what they're doing. I show them in the beginning what they look like, and by the end of the lesson, I show some after videos, and they can see the progression. And I actually upload those videos to this, uh, the app, and the customer can download them when they get home and follow along with their progress. And it gives them the ability, once they download the app, that they can take video in the app and email it to me and just, you know, hey Dave, what do you think of this? How, how am I looking? You know, and I can get back to them really quick, you know, and, and give them some feedback on how they're doing. But uh, yeah, it's, when I'm giving lessons and we're changing things, I really don't want my student to think about more than maybe two things as they approach the foul line. When you're thinking of nine different things, trying to walk to the line, it's your body tenses up, tightens up, it's brain overload, and it's just not very good. So we need to, to simplify what you're working on, and the mental thoughts that I give my students are such that those one or two things are going to control or affect those other six or seven things that they're trying to get done. So it's... It's that kind of teaching that has been successful. So it's, uh, you know, we're doing this interview, middle part of May. Is this a good time if I'm looking to improve my game to say, you know what, I'm going to come out? Because uh, even though a lot of people consider leagues, I mean, it's, it depends on how you look at leagues, but um, should, should you be doing your practice in the summer and not in any competitive environment? Or does it say, you know what, uh, you do it in the fall and if, if your average struggles, it kind of does, but you're improving yourself for the long term? Yeah, you know, a lot of folks look at it that way. Once they get through their uh, their winter league and, and they get into summer, now's a good time to change my game, and I'll use the summer, you know, this 12 or 14 week period to make a change to my game, and I'll be ready for the winter. Um, I think that just depends on the individual. You know, some people uh, will do it during the summer. Some people will do it during the winter. Um, I, I think that's just an individual kind of a thing. You know, everybody's a little different, but certainly logical, traditional thinking is do it in the summer. Conversely, though, then the other side of that coin is then you have to be in here to practice it, too. Dave, why don't you tell people where they can find you, check you guys out online, and if they're in this area or, or anywhere, frankly. Uh, actually, you can go to my website, uh, bowlingdynamics.com. I have three locations in the valley, one in Chandler at Kyrene Lanes. The central location is at AMF Christown, and then we have a west location at AMF Peoria. So um, please go on the website if you'd like to contact me, and uh, all the information is on the site to get a hold of me. Awesome stuff, Dave. And before I go, i got to take a look at those bowling balls. Yeah, I've never actually seen a ball that was even in the lead, so i got to go and see if maybe just, just by looking at those, that's going to help me as I go out. But uh, all the best of luck with your time. I know you're super busy. It was funny. We talked, and you just, you know, you bowled over the, you know, Friday, Saturday, and you get right back into the swings. So, you know, that um, it just proves that your passion for the sport and for helping others. So thanks again for taking some time. Thank you very much for having me.